Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is one of the most famous and historic churches in London. Behind me, just over that wall, you can still see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to around 180 AD. And there's been a church on this site since the 6th century. So it's a privilege for us to be keeping alive that tradition and the message of Christ's love for all here today. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always a great pleasure to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. I welcome you very warmly to St Bride's to our special service for All Souls Tide when we remember before God friends and family members who have passed away. There will be an anthem later during this service when we shall be lighting candles in their memory here in church and this might be a time for those of you listening at home to remember those whom you have loved and lost and perhaps light candles of your own as you remember them with thanksgiving. But wherever you are this evening, we are all united in this act of commemoration. Let us pray. Father of mercies and God of all consolation, you surround us with your love and dispel the shadow of death with the hope of new life with you. 
comfort us in our loss and in all times of sorrow. Be our refuge and our strength when times are hard and lift us from the depths of grief into the peace and light of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to John. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give it to you. This I command you, to love one another. Thanks be to God.
Perhaps, if death is kind and there can be returning, we will come back to earth some fragrant night and take these lanes to find the sea and, bending, breathe the same honeysuckle, low and white. We will come down at night to these resounding beaches and the long, gentle thunder of the sea. Here, for a single hour in the wide starlight, we shall be happy, for the dead are free. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Near to the parish where I served my curacy many years ago, deep in the heart of rural South Oxfordshire, there is a little village called Easington, comprising a few farm cottages, a tiny church, and not much else. And interestingly, certainly when I knew it 30 years ago, the place was still so remote 
that Easington Church had never had electricity installed. One dark December afternoon, I attended a funeral service in that little church, a service that was held entirely by candlelight. It was for me an extraordinarily strange and moving experience. It felt as if time had stood completely still over the centuries as we gathered there in the flickering candlelight, just as the villagers of Easington had done since medieval times. I had a very acute sense that the boundary that separates past from present, the living from the dead, was just for a moment unusually thin. Candlelight has a remarkable capacity to create atmosphere, so it should perhaps come as little surprise that since earliest times, for symbolic as well as practical reasons, candles have been integral to Christian worship. Candlelight is wonderfully and powerfully evocative because candles bring light into darkness. Perhaps the most significant moment of the entire Christian year takes place at dawn on Easter Day, when we kindle the Easter flame and bless and light a new paschal candle as a sign of the new life and new hope of the risen Christ, a Christ who has triumphed over death. But there is also something about the particular quality of candlelight that makes it particularly special. Because candlelight has a life of its own. It houses a living flame, a flame that moves and breathes. It flickers. It is also fragile, responding to the merest hint of movement in the air. And it is all too easily extinguished. And yet it also has to be treated with the greatest respect because a candle flame can also scorch and burn. I can remember some very wise words that were said to me by an experienced priest when I was first training for ministry. He said this, Hands that handle sacred flame, the sacred flame of people's pain and suffering, and loss can become calloused and hard, which is why you must always go there with respect and compassion and gentleness. Candles are also, of course, traditionally associated with prayer. The heat and smoke as it rises upwards, symbolizing our prayers on their journey into the presence of God. And candles also weep as the wax from a burning candle rolls down like tears. Candlelight is beautiful, delicate, and alive. It is charged with presence and with meaning. It can bring us in touch with the transcendent, with things that are beyond our comprehension and our reach. It can bring us in touch with God. The tradition of lighting candles for those whom we love, both the living and the dead, goes back many centuries, and it transcends all religious divides. Many years ago, I visited Yad Vashem, 
the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem, where I went into the Children's Memorial. The building that houses that particular memorial is subterranean. You descend a slope to enter it and soon find yourself in almost total darkness as, one by one, you file down the corridor at the entrance, guided by a handrail. The passage suddenly opens out into a little hall, ablaze with the flickering lights of literally millions of candles. The effect is quite simply breathtaking. I learned afterwards that I had in fact entered a chamber of mirrors, and remarkably, the astonishing effect of that countless number of flickering lights was created by a mere five candles, reflected an infinite number of times. As you pass through the chamber, a recorded voice reads aloud the name of every single one of the children known to have perished during the Holocaust, together with their age and the place of their death. There are so many names that it is said to take two years for the entire sequence of them to be read aloud. But despite the unspeakable and unimaginable horror and tragedy of what is commemorated there, I was also struck by something else, because the place was also extraordinarily beautiful and in the strangest and most paradoxical of ways, it felt the word I am reaching for here is hopeful. Because despite the tragic loss of each one of those little lives, one knew that they were not forgotten and that somehow amidst the flickering light of all those millions of candle flames, one had a very real sense that somewhere, somehow, their lights still shine. Their story is not over. They are still there, held safe in the arms of the God who gave them life. And I find that I glimpse something not dissimilar from that each year at this, our All Souls service. In a few moments' time, I shall be reading the names of those whose funerals we have taken this year here in church and others whom we've been asked to remember and commemorate. And every time that I do so, I am struck by the uniqueness of every individual whom we shall be naming before God this evening. Every name represents a very different story of a different life and indeed a different death. There are those who have died recently, the pain of whose loss is still acute. There are those who died many years ago, but whose memories we still treasure. There are those who lived long and fulfilled lives, and there are those whose lives were, for one reason or another, cut tragically short. There are the names of children including those who were stillborn or lost before birth. There are churchgoers and non-churchgoers. There are Jews alongside Christians. All are included, all are commemorated, 
all are remembered with love here in church. As the candles are lit on the altar and we see them flickering away, they are distant from us, symbolically just out of reach. And yet, each one of those moving flames speaks to us of a soul that is still very much alive, held safe in the arms of a loving God. And the day will come when we shall be reunited with those whom we have loved, who have travelled the path through death's dark veil before us, because as Christ showed us definitively, not through words, but through the reality of his life and death and resurrection, at the end of it all, love is quite simply far, far stronger than death. And as we reflect on the flickering candles, we're reminded too of the communion of saints. Because however lonely the path to death may seem for the one who travels, may seem for the one who travels it, those who have died are no longer alone. They are part of the saints in light. And it is also true that however lonely the path of bereavement can feel, we do not travel that journey alone. If you need proof of that, just remember that we have a church full of people here who are sharing that journey with you at home. I shall leave you with some words by the priest and poet John O'Donoghue, who describes the process of grief in ways that some of you may already be able to recognize. He wrote this. Gradually, you will learn acquaintance with the invisible form of your departed. And when the work of grief is done, the wound of loss will heal, and you will have learned to wean your eyes from that gap in the air and be able to enter the hearth in your soul where your loved one has awaited your return all the time. Amen.
Father of all, we pray to you for those whom we love but see no longer. Grant them your peace and may light perpetual shine upon them. And in the silence of our hearts, we name before you any others whose loss we mourn, and all lost souls whose names are known to you alone.
Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkst thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which but thy pictures be, much pleasure, then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go, rest of their bones, and soul's delivery. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dust with poison, war, and sickness dwell. And poppy or charms can make us sleep as well and easier than thy stroke. Why swell'st thou then? One short sleep past, we live eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die.
Let us pray. Jesus, the light of the world, you gave the man born blind the gift of sight. Bring light into the darkest places of our world and the darkest places of our hearts. Open anew the eye of faith within us and bring us from darkness to your eternal light and glory. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, Son of the living God, you summoned your friend Lazarus from death to life. Raise us up at the last to full and eternal life with you. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, crucified Saviour, in your dying you entrusted to each other Mary, your mother, and John, your beloved disciple. Sustain and comfort all who mourn. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, our way and truth and life, you drew your disciple Thomas from doubt to faith. Reveal the resurrection faith to any who are doubting or lost or afraid. And we commend to your care any whom we know who are in need of our prayers at this time. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. May God, in his infinite love and mercy, bring the whole church, living and departed in the Lord Jesus, to a joyful resurrection and the fulfilment of his eternal kingdom. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Let us join together in the words our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And to the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.